Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Undisputed Future Podcast, your home for NXT discussion. I am CD Danny Mac. Thank you for joining me once again. I know it's been a little while since you heard from me, but I'm back. I'm here to discuss some NXT action with you, and I want to discuss the September 6th edition of NXT. This is our episode 24. Well, this is my episode 24. I'm going to be soloing it a little bit, guys. I recently relocated from Staten Island, and I'm not in as much direct communication with Nick anymore as much as we were. It's a varying varying shift in schedules, and uh, we got to figure out a way where we can link up and do this together once again. But for now, I'm on my own, and I'm here to discuss a night of big rematches with you on the September 6th edition of NXT. And it starts off with a big one, Andrade Cien Almas taking on Cesar Banani, and it's going to close with Hideo Watami taking on Cassius Ono in a no-disqualification match. Let's get the discussion started with Amas versus Banani. And Cesar Banani once again looking like a full-fledged NXT superstar with a complete entrance. He seems to be playing a babyface role here, facing Amas consistently, well, for the second time. And uh, this one was a very back-and-forth beginning Zelena Vega obviously playing a factor on the outside. She was not a factor in the first meeting between these two gentlemen, and that's exactly why the 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 ending was different. Uh, almost picking up a big win here, almost being rolled up for the victory on Banani's part, but Izar not being able to lock in. Almas smart enough to kick out of this pinfall predicament. And uh, Almas, with a brand new attitude that Zelena was harping on, on commentary. She was saying how much of a role she has played in his career so far. Obviously, with that big win over Johnny Gargano at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3. A big win over Cesar tonight. And just this new fire that Almas seems to have lit under him a again a less lazy and tranquilo attitude. One specific example came tonight. Almas was warming up for his double knees or that slap in the corner. We won't know which one because as Almas was tuning up the band, as they would say, Zelina Vega screamed over from commentary to finish it. Almas almost snapped into a brand new trance. And he just locked in that hammerlock DDT on Cesar and drove him into the pavement. One, two, three, a win right in the middle of the ring for Andrade Cien Almas. A significant win streak for Almas with Zelena Vega. We've seen the influence over the past number of weeks, over the past couple matches. A huge takeover win, breaking that curse for Andrade Cien Almas. Really think that Zelena Vega's incorporation into his career is a defining factor. I think Almas can be taken more seriously as a main event player, and I think Zelena Vega can show that she's one of the better minds in WWE management today. Zelina Vega calling for the end on commentary also shows the stranglehold that she seems to have over Almas's career. Almas knows that since she has linked up with him that it has been a lot of success and it has been takeover wins and he's going to listen to her no matter what the circumstances are. She's a valuable asset to his career. Almas with a big victory over Cesar Banani. These two guys are now one and one. I wonder if we'll get that rubber match between the big Brazilian and Andrade Cien Almas. 
One thing that has been a consistent factor over the past number of weeks on NXT television is this stable of dishonor, as we are calling the former Ring of Honor champions Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, and Adam Cole, baby. Adam Cole, Fish, and O'Reilly being called out specifically by William Regal, declaring that those gentlemen compete in the ring under his rules. This is not their NXT. He still runs the show. But in the meantime, we go on to another show, Christy St. Cloud trying to get a word from Asuka and the Empress of Tomorrow not reaching her locker room, but the Velveteen Dream in passing decided to have a couple things to say to Christy. Uh, One of the most significant being that Velveteen Dream will speak soon, whenever he feels like it. He, uh, He basically went out of his way to make an announcement about his announcement Lots of uh, lots of self-absorbment in the character of Velveteen Dream. Uh, we've seen a man knocked down who needs his experience, who needs the Velveteen Dream experience, and I really, really wonder who he's talking to here. I'm trying to think of anybody with a significant losing streak of sorts, possibly on NXT television. I don't have any real ideas for now. But I'm certainly interested to see what the Velveteen Dream has to say. What are your thoughts? Who do you think the Velveteen Dream is discussing? At podcast underscore UF. Give me your thoughts on who Patrick Clark, the Velveteen Dream, wants to experience. One not-so-glamorous experience happened to three unfortunate NXT talents. I didn't even get their names in this one, guys. This was at the request of Lars Sullivan. William Regal positioning Sullivan in a three-on-one handicap match as punishment of sorts for the way he has been behaving towards his tag team partners, and this did not seem to make a difference for Sullivan. Just an absolute display of power, just a monster showing for him. There's really not much to say. Lars Sullivan absolutely decimating three superstars at once. And something of note by this, this was a three-on-one tornado handicap match by request. Lars wanted all three of these men in the ring at the same time for this one. And just, just to prove how much of a dominant one-man tag team himself he can be. Lars Sullivan picking up an impressive victory tonight. But something a little bit more along the lines of actual tag teams is our tag team champions. We heard from Sanity, Eric Young, Nikki Cross, Alexander Wolfe, and Killian Dane in a very dark, twisted aesthetic going on with their video this week. And I thought it was a very interesting display. They discussed their reign so far, and they don't care. They don't care about much. They don't care about anything but chaos. They want to cause chaos, and they want to thrive in it as long as it exists in the NXT Tag Team Division. And the most interesting run, the most interesting factor of this run I'm looking for is the first time they will use 
that free bird effect. They kind of did it in the tag team matchup, Eric Young instituting the plan to tag himself in the matchup as opposed to the Beast of Belfast, Killian Dane throwing off the Arthurs of Pain's strategy, but I want to see the big man get in there for a tag team title defense. I think he would play a very important factor, assuming the Arthurs of Pain cash in on their rematch clause. There's a lot to shape up in the NXT tag team division. We got the Street Profits rising through the ranks, Tino Sabatelli and Riddick Moss looking like a couple cocky badasses themselves. Uh, there's there's a lot going on. Heavy machinery, you can't forget to lift your weights and eat your steak. Tucker Knight and Otis Dozovich already have a significant showing against the Authors of Pain. I think they deserve a shot at sanity. There's a lot of chaos going on as far as contenders in the tag team division, and sanity is looking to thrive in that. Once again, guys, give me your thoughts on the tag team division. Who do you think is next up to take their shot at sanity's NXT Championship reign. Moving on to NXT Women's Action now, we have Zeta making her NXT debut, one of the May Young Classic competitors, one of the shining personalities to me. I'm glad she got to make her debut on NXT television. She is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu practitioner, and it's going to come in handy in this matchup. She's taking on the MMA New Jersey native and brutally training Sonia Deville. Put your hair up and square up. And this one was all Sonia Deville in the world of MMA being clashed with the world of professional wrestling. Sonia Deville showing some absolute martial arts dominance in the world of striking and submissions. Zeta, while putting up a pretty decent show, able to execute what was in her background, Sonia Deville had a counter for each and every attack. DeVille showing absolute MMA dominance, finishing it off with a sliding knee to a triangle choke, a strike to submission finish, and it was an excellent finish too. It was a smooth transition. I loved the incorporation of both her strong points in the striking and submission game. Sonya DeVille is one of the big players in the NXT women's division today as far as toughness goes, and I really want her to start getting the spotlight once Asuka gets called up to the main roster. I think as far as big, bona fide, undefeated badasses go, Sonya Deville could fill that role slightly while Asuka is up on Raw or SmackDown Live. I believe it was announced she's going to Raw. Uh, Not sure where I heard that from, to be quite honest with you. I thought I might have seen that in passing on Twitter. But Asuka's going to the main roster soon. Asuka, the Empress of Tomorrow, soon. I don't think it's going to be tomorrow, but it will be some day soon. But will Sonya Deville's time be now? She's undefeated. She's tough. She's a harsh striker. Her personality is starting to shine through. She's starting to incorporate a lot of that cockiness, possibly inspired by the notorious Conor McGregor. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where all this is leading, but I do personally see very big things happening for Sonya Deville. Another bit of news brought to you by the NXT Women's Division was seen happening in the Performance Center cameras. Ruby Riot requesting a handicap match against the iconic duo Peyton Royce and Billy Kay to William Regal. Yes, she requested herself a handicap match. Uh, I don't think this was the greatest move for Ruby Riot, 
but it certainly shows how courageous she is and how much of a chip on her shoulder she has against the iconic duo. She was able to pick up the win over Billy Kay, unsuccessful against Peyton Royce, but we'll see what happens when she meets both of them in the ring. Will she find a partner? She was granted a tag team partner, but that doesn't necessarily mean that she's going to follow the rules of that match. She can go off and sign off as a tag team match and just not go find a partner and see herself in this rough, tricky tag type situation. Or she can go out and reluctantly find a partner, maybe somebody we haven't seen on NXT television in a while. Maybe Liv Morgan goes back from... uh, from another very significant interview on WWE.com, back into in-ring action, uh, possibly somebody we haven't seen longer than her, possibly she brings in somebody from the May Young Classic, there's a lot of variety and factors that can happen in this tag team matchup next week, but Ruby Riot will be meeting both members of the iconic duo in the middle of the ring next week. From the iconic duo in action next week against Ruby Riot. Moving on to two former friends colliding in our main event, it's Hideo Itami taking on Cassius Ono in a no-disqualification match, and this one was hard strikes from the get-go. There was a lot of early power display by Cassius Ono, also displaying his size and speed advantage as well. Agility by Ono is not surprising, but that He sprung himself over the top rope and just followed by an absolute vicious shot by Hideo Itami. That would turn the tide of our main event. For now, Hideo Itami not showing his former friend any respect in this one. There were a lot of disrespectful stomps in particular, followed by just a various various different disrespectful strikes and slaps and just really showing that Hideo Itami is a master of power striking in that ring, that he demands respect for himself through disrespect of his opponents. I'm not sure if that's the best way to go around it, but uh, it seems to be what Hideo is going for here. A vicious attack by Atami through this one, an absolute hard-hitting collision back and forth between these guys. A just vicious spot on the steel ramp. If you haven't seen that episode, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Just go back and check that one out. Cassius Ono with the rough landing. The action was all over the arena in this one, inside the ring, outside the ring, and it came down to a pretty, pretty nice spot at the ending here. A rolling elbow being reversed by a chair throw by Hideo Watami. Hideo Watami threw a chair at Cassius Ono. Yes, you did hear me correctly, and it made quite an echo through Full Sail Arena. Hideo thought that would be the advantage, but Cassius Ono would just keep encouraging the strikes from coming. The chair throw hit him, knocked him down for a bit, but Cassius Ono firing back with a vicious look and screaming at Hideo, and this one would end shortly after that through some dirty means by Atami. Atami would attempt a poke to the eye, poke to the eye to set up the GTS, but the poke to the eye would be met by a low blow by the big man Cassius Ono, and that'll take the wind out of you, Hideo Atami. This was followed up by a huge rolling elbow and a 1-2-3. Cassius Ono picking up the win over Hideo Atami, and 
Quite frankly, this is a rivalry I'm not ready to see end yet. That match was excellent. These guys have some great in-ring chemistry. I love Hideo Itami as a badass heel, demanding respect. And Cassius Ono could be one of the best big men babyfaces in all of NXT. I want to see him go head-to-head with Lars Sullivan sooner rather than later. But we'll see what's on the road next for Cassius Ono and Hideo Itami. Will these two meet again? Will they go on their separate ways? Either way, there should be some big things planned for both these guys in NXT. This night of NXT action did not end with this matchup, however. Asuka, the undefeated Empress of Tomorrow, the NXT Women's Champion, one of the most dominant champions in WWE history for over 500 days, said her goodbye to the NXT Universe. Asuka loves NXT, she's grateful for NXT, Regal says she's one of the greatest champions not just in NXT history, but in all of WWE history, and it's hard to argue that. I believe she has the 7th or 8th longest reign of all time amongst champions. Very accomplished superstar is Asuka. We know of her success in NXT, some amazing classic matchups with the likes of Bayley, Asuka has locked up with Ember Moon both those times. The multiple lady contest that she has had throughout her title reign. The list of accomplishments goes on. The list of stellar matchups goes on. Her match with Emma and Dana Brooke, which brought out the best in Dana Brooke in a long time. But her match with Emma I thought was excellent. Just to add another one on the list real quick. Asuka Proving her undefeated streak was no joke as she continued her dominance on NXT only to be put out by a collarbone injury at the hands of Ember Moon and the Eclipse showing what a great force Ember Moon is and how dangerous of a move the Eclipse is throughout the NXT women's division. Now Asuka has started talks and negotiations with Raw and SmackDown Live general managers. I believe she's being brought up to Raw based on the previews I had seen and what's going on in the internet lately. We don't know for sure yet, but I'll be sure to keep you guys updated as soon as I know. But there's one thing that the world needs to know that the NXT universe already knows. No one is ready for Asuka. Asuka, wherever NXT goes, she goes, and wherever NXT goes, she carries that with her as well. So there's still that mutual relationship, there's still that love, there's still that point that Asuka's career would not be the same without the NXT brand. Triple H presented her with flowers, Ember Moon, arguably her toughest competitor, walks the ramp stares her down, and embraces her in quite the emotional hug. I thought it was great celebration of her greatness, and I thought it was a fantastic and justifiable way to conclude the 523-day title reign of Asuka. Now, where does that leave the NXT Women's Championship? It's vacated. Does Ember Moon get another shot at it? I don't think so. I think it's more of a clean slate. I think the winner of the Mae Young Classic, which I won't discuss, but you guys can go online. It was a fan favorite. I was picking her from the very beginning as well. The winner of the Mae Young Classic might have a fair opportunity to compete for that championship. NXT, I feel, needs a tournament-type scenario to crown a new number one contender 
for this championship. It's a brand new start. It's hitting the refresh button on the NXT women's division, and the door is wide open. Where do people like the iconic duo, Ruby Wright, Nikki Cross, Liv Morgan, Sonya Deville, where do these ladies rank in the hierarchy? Who's going to step up and get the first shot at the title since Asuka has vacated it? I want your thoughts at Undisputed Future Podcast on Instagram, at podcast underscore UF is the Twitter. Find me on Facebook, Undisputed Future Podcast, and that about wraps it up for me this week. I am CD Danny Mac. It's great to be back in the studio, guys. Well, it's a brand new studio apartment type scenario, but nevertheless, it's great to be back behind the mic and sharing my thoughts on the NXT universe with you. I hope the rest of your week is an absolute perfect 10. Thank <laughs> you.